Awaken podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, friends, and welcome to Awaken. However you got here, wherever you are, we are really glad that you're here. Um, I have a lot of things to tell you about as it relates to our life as a community. We usually call that community life or announcements, and there are a number of things happening, which is great. Like, the church is alive. It's doing well in the world, so that's a great thing to celebrate. Um, So I want to tell you about those things before we get to uh, some singing together. We got Kirst on our kids' community message today, which is going to be awesome. We're starting a new series today, which is fantastic. It's only 66 degrees in this building, which is fantastic. It's, it's so, so great. Such a great day. So community life. Let's get to it. Uh, the first thing is this. Uh, September the 19th, we have a quarterly meeting and a vote on a bylaw amendment that we proposed to you at the last annual meeting and then a game night. So this is, you can see right through our ploy, right? In order to get to the game night, We want you to come to the quarterly meeting because we need a quorum of people to do the thing for the bylaws. So be there for that, September the 19th. It's going to be great. And game night, first ever. Game night on Zoom at Awaken. Um, Secondly, another first. September the 27th, we are having a live virtual worship gathering. I can't even tell you. what I don't even know what I feel about this, but Mel, you were saying you were excited. I am ecstatic. Mel's excited. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the series that we're, that we're doing, we're starting today. So on the 27th, it is the first ever live Awaken virtual worship gathering. It's 11 a.m. There will be no recording. There will be nothing, um, nothing on the internet. So if you miss it, you miss it. You, that's the incentive to be there. And uh, we'll, we'll sing together. Uh, we'll talk about what it means to gather and be the church. We've got some breakout sessions led by our staff and leaders. And then we'll have communion together. And it'll be great, I think. We think. So be there um, on the 27th of September. Last week, a whole bunch of things came out to you in terms of like things are happening in the life of our community. Uh, Learning labs, book studies, spiritual direction groups, retreats, a whole host of things. They are all on the calendar on the website. So go to the website, awakenwest7th.com. Click top right, calendar. Everything's there. Three things I want to highlight. Three things I want to highlight. Number one. Um, Church in a Box. Mandy has been working on this thing, uh, Church in a Box, she's calling it, uh, for our kids and for families. These are essentially like boxes that will come to your, your house if you sign up by today for you and your kids to walk through uh, weekly different activities and uh, it'd be great. Mandy's been working, working, working like crazy to get these things ready, so please sign up for those if that is uh, applicable to you. Uh, Secondly, evening prayer starts this week, September the 14th. So um, our prayer team is very excited to lead you in 30 minutes, uh, prayer and meditation, and different people will be leading that um, from the prayer team. So that's starting this week on the 14th. And then last but not least, coffee delivery is coming again. So uh, those will be sent out or delivered to you on the 26th. So you can drink your coffee on the 27th at the live virtual worship gathering. So good. It's going to be so great. Oh my gosh, I think that's all. Um, All these things uh, come to you in the Awaken Weekly, which is a weekly email we send out. If you're not subscribed to that, go to the website, subscribe to that. It's the only way we know that anything is getting to you because we can see when you click on it. So please do that and that will give you all the information that you need to connect to uh, the life of the church. With that, I want to pray for us and then we'll sing together. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this day, for the gift that it is, for the ways in which you are obviously present, uh, 
around us and within us and in the world for all the ways that we know that you are Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Um, God, for those of us and, and for the ways in which we feel like there is no answer or uh, there's searching and not a lot of finding, there's a lot of knocking but not a lot of doors being opened, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would say what we can't say or don't know how to say um, in this time and in this season. We trust that you're good. We, we trust that you are love and um, that your spirit is leading us to, to what's true and good and beautiful and right. And so to that, we can, uh, to the degree that we can, we surrender to it and we, we're open to it today. So do what you will, we pray. In the strong name of Christ and the church said together, amen. amen. Let's pray together. Let's sing together. <laughs> um, Micah, beautiful job on those announcements. I mean, that was a lot of information, and I feel like you just nailed it. Um, we are going to sing together. My name is Melody. I'm the music and arts director at Awaken. Um, and I want to also introduce to you who I have with me today. It's my good friend, Joel Bowers. We went to college together. He just moved back from South Dakota, and I'm so freaking excited that he's back. Um, and he's going to be with us this week and next week. We are going to introduce a new song. So many new things today. Um, this song I heard a couple of weeks ago, and it just, you know when a song comes to you at just the right moment, that is exactly what happened with this song, and it was like just a healing uh, balm, if you will, to my spirit. And I was trying to think of the best way that I uh, could introduce it to you, and what I think is that um, to me, what this is, is uh, a version of the Beatitudes if there were Beatitudes written for 2020. <laughs> this feels like what Jesus would say if he had to kind of do a rewrite um, of those uh, blessed is the kingdom is yours um, for what we are experiencing here and now. So I hope this is as healing to you as it has been for me. Um, so listen, sing along when you can. This is called The Kingdom is Yours. This is not the end 
hope is in the Lord. Put your eyes on Him. Blessed are the ones who walk in kindness, even in the face of great abuse. Blessed are the deeds that go Fight for justice, longing for the coming day of peace. And blessed is the soul that thirsts for righteousness, welcoming the last, the lost, the least. The kingdom is
Good morning, families. I am Kirst. I am um, the fourth and fifth grade team leader for Kids Community, and I'm happy to be with all of you this morning. We know many of you returned to school this week, and whether that was by computer or in your classroom, we can't wait to hear your stories about your first week of school. We have been praying for you in this big transition and know you have already been bold, kind, and brave. Today, Micah is going to talk to all of us about the passage Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So go ahead and grab your Bibles and we can read part of this passage together. Verse 24 and 25 say, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This passage is all about showing up for each other and loving each other even the most challenging times. And these last few months sure have been challenging. One of the most important things we can do during this time is to have empathy for each other. Empathy means understanding how someone else is feeling or understanding the tough spot they're in. It means that instead of saying, I feel sorry for you, saying, it looks like you're frustrated and I will stay here with you until you're not frustrated anymore. Empathy means thinking about how the other person feels a little bit more than how we are feeling in the moment. God is really good at empathy. When God knows our hearts are hurting, he says, I see that you feel sad right now, so I feel sad too. I will be here to comfort you and talk to you until you're not feeling sad. God doesn't try to get rid of our feeling, but crawls in the hole we are in and feels it right along with us. Right now, we might be having a lot of big feelings. We might be feeling anxious or worried or sad or frustrated or joyful. And these feelings might be different from how other people and our friends and family are feeling. And that is okay. One of the best ways we can connect with each other is showing empathy even when we don't feel the same thing. I am going to read you one of my favorite books that teaches us a little bit more about empathy. It's called The Rabbit Listened by Corey Deerfield. So here we go. One day, Taylor decided to build something. Something new. Something special. Something amazing. Taylor was so proud. But then, out of nowhere, things came crashing down. The chicken was first to notice. Cluck, cluck, what a shame. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry this happened. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, cluck, cluck. But Taylor didn't feel like talking, so the chicken left. Next came the bear. Garrar, how horrible, I bet you feel so angry. Let's shout about it, grar, But Taylor didn't feel like shouting. 
The elephant knew just what to do. Trumpada, I can fix this. We just need to remember exactly the way things were. But Taylor did not feel like remembering. So the elephant also left. One by one they came. The hyena, hee hee, let's laugh about it. The ostrich, gulp, let's hide and pretend nothing happened. The kangaroo, tiss tiss, what a mess, let's throw it all away. And the snake, shh, let's go knock down someone else's. But Taylor didn't feel like doing anything with anybody. So eventually, they all left until Taylor was alone. In the quiet, Taylor didn't even notice the rabbit. But it moved closer and closer until Taylor could feel its warm body. Together they sat in silence until Taylor said, please stay with me. The rabbit listened. The rabbit listened as Taylor talked. The rabbit listened as Taylor shouted. The rabbit listened as Taylor remembered and laughed. The rabbit listened to Taylor's plans to hide to throw everything away, to ruin things for someone else. Through it all, the rabbit never left. And when the time was right, the rabbit listened to Taylor's plan to build again. I can't wait, Taylor said. It is going to be amazing. See how the rabbit didn't try to make Taylor feel better, but snuggled up with him? When we rely on God to get close to us and feel with us, we begin to feel better and we feel ready to start building again. And we can do this for others in our community, at school, at home, and at church. So let's pray together. Dear God, help me to show empathy. Help me to be quiet and listen so I can hear when my friends need me. Help me to slow down and pay attention so I can see when my friends need me. Help me to think outside of my own needs so I know when my friends need me. I pray you will help me grow in empathy so I can love and support the people I love and share your love with them. Amen. Thank you, Kirst. Let's sing the song of blessing over our kids. May God give you eyes to see All that is good, all that is good Courage for anything May you be strong, may you be strong May God give you ears to hear His loving voice his loving voice singing all around you, all around
Thanks, Kirst. That was, that was very sweet. I love that story. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 19. If you can, I'd invite you to stand as we read the word, and then we will jump right in. The writer of Hebrews, which arguably we don't know, no one really knows who this person was, but they said, uh, Therefore, Brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God, as we turn our attention to the scriptures, I pray for your, uh, your spirit's light in our hearts and in our lives that you would show, uh, Show us things we haven't seen and uh, invite us to things that you, you would have for us, I pray. In the strong name of Christ and by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, I was reading from the New King James Version there for a particular purpose. Uh, but so if you were wondering why that sounded maybe a little different than or you, you, you had a translation that was different than that, that's why. Um, but I want to begin with a question this morning. And the question is this. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? It's a pretty big question. Like, what kind of church do we want to be? Uh, I love the, the possibility of this question. I love the creative energy about this question, that it's an invitation to make something together. I love the fact that the church is not set in stone, that it's like, it's alive, it's moving, because you and I are alive and moving, and we make up the church, and so it's not some, you know, stodgy thing that never changes, but it changes as we change and as we live and grow. So, The question, what kind of church do you want to be? If you had to answer that question today, like what kinds of things would you say? Every year in the fall, we come back to this question of like, what kind of church does Awaken want to be? And we, uh, this is a move back to the basics, uh, you know, like let's kind of come back to home base and ask some important questions about the, who we are, who we've been over the last year, how we got here, if we like who we are and where we are. Um, and, and really evaluate um, what's happened in the past year that impacts how we go forward and how do we want to move forward from here. Now, normally, this is a pretty simple task, a sim- pretty simple question. Um, but obviously, the last six months of our life have um, complicated matters a bit. And in some ways, um, it, COVID has a dramatic impact on what we do, right? Like here I am in an empty building talking to a camera, and you're where you are listening or watching. But in other ways, it doesn't change at all who we are, because the church is still the church. Jesus is still Jesus. The resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus has still happened, and the invitation is the same. God has invited you and I to partner with God in the work of, the ongoing work of restoration, redemption, renewal, resurrection. This is what God has been up to, is up to, and anyone who follows Jesus ought to be up to, in my opinion. And I think I can give it. 
And so, a little bit of a review. Awaken exists to partner with God in the renewal of all things. That is our mission. That is where we begin. That's what constitutes this thing being here on the earth. We've been invited, we've said yes, to do what? To be a partner with God in the renewal of all things. And so then we imagine a certain kind of community. Um, You know, there are thousands of churches out there and everyone has their unique DNA and flavor. And so you and I are a part of this church and we imagine, we envision a community gathered around the well. Uh, A well that is the life and teachings, the death and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. It's this well that we gather around and our hope is to create a safe place for you to journey, a safe place for you to be on uh, the the journey of your spiritual lives with Jesus at the center because we believe this well, Jesus, is living water and that that water changes us, it transforms us, it heals us and it sends us back out into the world to do what? To be a part of the work of renewal, restoration, redemption and healing. And so in that work, where the mission is to partner with God and we're gathered around this well, which is the life and death and teachings of of Jesus, we wanna be guided by certain values. That is Jesus and justice, hospitality and holism, authenticity and beauty. These six words that we've sort of gathered and shaped our community around. So this is the DNA or the unique expression of Awaken. And I've said it before and I'll probably say it again, this church is my Mona Lisa. Uh, I consider it such a joy and honor to have had any hand in helping shape and create this community. And this, outside of like my wife and kids, is one of my life's greatest achievements and greatest joys and honors to be a part of this church. So what then will life look like at Awaken? How will we organize ourselves? What kind of energy will we have towards what? That's what this series is about. What are the rhythms that will guide the life of our community? So three words, live, serve, and gather. It's not rocket science. It's probably not Instagram worthy. Um, That's part of one of my struggles in this whole COVID thing. Like all the pastors out there and all the churches, like that's all we've got is Instagram and social media. And you all know me. (laughs) Just, I don't know. I I like it when you're in the building and I like it when I can see your faces. And the people who want to know what I think, Come to the church and sit in the pews and listen and be a part of it. So I'm struggling with that. It's not Instagram worthy. It's just live, serve, and gather. It's really simple. So what do I mean by that? Live. By that, I mean living authentic and vulnerable, um, living in authentic and vulnerable Christian community. It's, it's to be known and to know. It's about relationships. So that's what we mean when we say live. When we say serve, it means serving one another and serving our neighbor and serving the world in the name of Jesus and then gather, pretty simple. The church has been ordaining pastors to word and sacrament for God only knows how long. So what is it about word and sacrament? What is it about these things that we gather around um, to tell and retell these stories of Jesus? And so over the next three weeks, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna explore these rhythms of live, serve, and gather through the lens of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. And this morning, specifically, we're gonna talk about live. And again, when I say live, I'm talking about what it means to be fully alive, what it means to be human. Essential to the human experience is relationship, is Belonging is being known and knowing in community and with vulnerability. 
as hard as it is, it's essential to our life. So that's, that's this morning. I want to look at the science and psychology of relationships and human connection. I want to look at Hebrews 10.24 when he says, consider one another. And then I want to end with a couple of invitations and questions for you. So the science and psychology of relationships and human connections. I begin with the assertion, the assumption, that in order to live a fully human life that is fulfilling and alive and reaching its full potential, it has to be rooted in authentic relationships and um, and, and community. That is vital and necessary. And I know I've said this before. If you've been around Awaken, uh, you, maybe this is repeat, but it's worth, it's worth repeating. Scripture tells us that uh, the story begins in a garden, with a, in a, and it's a poem. And in this poem, uh, humans, we know, are, humans are made in the image of God. And whatever that means, uh, God is and was first, or said differently, whatever God is, that's the source material for you and for me. So the million dollar question is, what is God? And ontologically speaking, when I, ontology is a study of being, so we're talking about the essence of something, God is relationship, like pure and perfect relationship, father, mother, son, spirit in Trinity. This is one of my favorite icons. It was given to me by an old friend. Uh, this is Rublev, and he uh, painted this icon of the Trinity. And this is one of the most famous icons in church history. And it essentially tells the story of God's essence, that God exists in perfect relationship. So if you and I are made in the image of this being we call God, then we were made from relationship and for relationship. If this is our beginning, then this is what we were made for. And this is, without that, there, it's, it, it's less than perfect. It's less than good. It's less than desirable. It's subhuman to live without relationship, according to this theological proposition. Said differently, we were made from love and for love. Not only can we make this claim theologically from scripture, but science is affirming this claim at every level, from biology to sociology to psychology to neuroscience. Everyone is saying, they're all saying the same thing, that humans thrive and survive insofar as they are in connected relationships and social networks. So uh, in an article called The Dangers of Loneliness, uh, the author Hara Morano says, psychologists are finding that human beings have a fundamental need for inclusion in group life and for close relationships, and that unmet social needs take a serious toll on our health and our bodies, like eroding arteries, creating high blood pressure, even undermining learning and memory. In another article uh, written by uh, Sarah DeGulio, she quotes a, a doctor from uh, California, Berkeley, who says, in short, according to biology, neuroscience, psychology, and more, our bodies actually tend to work better when we're not alone. So we were not meant to be alone. This author, um, or the, this doctor, um, Emiliana Simon Thomas goes on to say, experiments have shown that simply by holding someone else's hand, it lessens our, an individual's emotional response in the brain to a perceived threat. So if a threat comes at a human, if they're holding the hand of another human, the response of our brain is lessened because we're holding the hand of another human being. Uh, there's another study that showed that like, humans actually perceived a hill to be steeper when they're standing at the bottom of it um, when they were alone than as compared to when they were standing with a friend. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? 
Like just having another person present who you trust and feel safe around makes the world look and feel less challenging. So arguably, we were made for relation, from relationship and for relationship. And any existence where our sense of belonging and welcome is absent is an existence that's subhuman. It's less than. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 in particular. This is what the author is getting at. Science is already saying it, but this is what the author is saying. So in chapter 10, the author is working out the implications of Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, He takes the whole first part of chapter 10 to basically say that the sacrificial system, which was in place and was a good thing, is no longer necessary because Jesus has died once and for all. And now, and, and in doing so, he's fulfilled the requirements of the law and simultaneously swallowed up death and darkness with, and replaced it with love and light. As such, by faith, we have great confidence to enter the presence of the living God. With full assurance granted by the resurrection of Christ, we are in communion and relationship with this God. Like, what, what news of, what, such news of great joy that this is possible. So in light of this reality, he's worked that out in chapter 10, he says in verse 24, with one small phrase, consider one another. Kataneo alelan, that's Greek. Kataneo means to behold, consider, discover, perceive one another. I don't know about you, but I find it terribly comforting that in a world that is so often broken and divided and working to break and divide, us humans from the very thing that we need to survive, which is each other, the very heart of the story called the church includes the body of Christ. Like all the sciences are saying that humans need to belong and that humans need to feel connected to each other and to be in relationships of trust and friendship and intimacy and baked right into the story of welcome and the hospitality of God is this family where regardless of race, gender, class, or creed, you have a seat at the table. Which is why the author of Hebrews says to the early Christians, kataneo alelan, consider one another. And this word kataneo is just packed with meaning. Behold, consider, discover, perceive. I'm gonna, I wanna sort of try to land this with some questions and invitations. What does it mean to behold someone? And I recognize that the next set of questions that I'm going to ask take on a whole new meaning in COVID reality. But what does it mean to behold someone? I think it means to keep your gaze intended on them. I think it means to truly see someone else. It means to declare and draw out, behold my friend Trevor, right? It means to carry and capture someone. So, What does it mean to behold someone in this reality that we live in, where so much of our interaction is mitigated, or or I should say, um, translated by screens? How do we behold someone? Honestly, this is one of our challenges that we face. What does it mean to consider someone? I think it means to to bring to mind Uh, It means to remember someone. When's the last time someone said to you, oh, the other day I was thinking about you. I remembered you. 
I was going through my whole, I was going through my day, I was getting the dishes done, I went to the store, I did this and I did that, and then you came to mind. I considered you. Like, how that makes you feel. What that does for your soul. It's a deferential act of love and sacrifice to think of someone else instead of yourself. It's an act of drawing near to another's perspective and experience and story. It's an act of solidarity. So what does it mean to consider someone in our COVID-19 world? I think we can do this. And I think we can tell people we've done that. I think we can, we can say to someone, I thought of you the other day. To go out of our way to say, I considered you. What does it mean to discover someone? I mean, this one makes me feel like I'm nine again, you know, like playing hide and seek. It means that you went looking for someone. It means that the people who were hiding for whatever reason, like you're, you're trying to find them. It means to be curious about someone. When's the last time you went to a, well, <laughs> when's the last time you went to a party? Well, about February 29th. <laughs> But when's the last time you went to a social gathering and like you were genuinely curious about someone that you met? Like, I have never thought about that before. Tell me more. How, do you, how did you get that job? How could you do that all day long? What does it take to do that? It's to not overlook, but to direct yourself and your affection towards someone. It means to take an interest in who they are and what they're doing, to discover someone. What does it mean to perceive? So many of us go through a whole day and miss all kinds of things. Not only things, but people. And this one's for me. I, I, I often run hot. I run at a million miles an hour. And my challenge is to really perceive people, to see people. It's to take in, to look. Like to actually see the color in someone's eyes. You have to pause, you have to linger, you have to like stick around to perceive. So what does it mean to perceive someone in this world that we live in? Here's a question. Do you think the world could use more or less people who are beholding, considering, discovering, and perceiving those around them? Like, what does it look like for us as a church to commit to that kind of life together where we discover and perceive and consider one another? Where we foster, we commit to fostering that kind of community and relationship where we kataneo alilan, we consider one another. And if I'm being totally honest, this sermon has been very hard to prepare because I don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. And as a staff, we have struggled and wondered and brainstormed and tried to figure out and thrown things at whiteboards, trying to like discern how to answer these questions. How do we do that? And so I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we've cracked the code and like, oh, with Jesus's help, we have the answers to how we do this in COVID. Honestly, we're, we're in this with you. And sometimes it's hard and it's frustrating and depressing. And that's true. And that's real. And I'm not going to tell you that that's not true and real. And I feel it. We feel it. Some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. 
Right now, we're kind of excited about fall and we're excited about all the things that are happening. But, which is why we work so hard to provide these ways to connect. And we don't know if like, we're swinging and missing on things, but we're, we spent hours, countless hours, considering you and hoping to create space and foster the kind of community where we consider one another. So from life groups, to book studies, to learning labs, to church in a box for families, to retreats and artist mingles and pastoral care relationships and spiritual direction groups, to serving and volunteering opportunities, the quarterly game night people. These are our attempts to create and foster an atmosphere at Awaken where we live where we foster, where we create, or we consider one another as the body of Christ, where we learn to live as the body of Christ, to know and be known even in a COVID-19 world. This last week, Mel and I were in a a Zoom call with uh, somebody from the upper room in Minneapolis, and she said something that just arrested me, and it was the difference between temple and table. And I love temple. If by temple we mean this gathering where people fill this room and I get to like do this thing that I love to do with you in the room, like that's not, that's not ours right now. And some days I'm not, I'm not too happy about that. And that's been taken and that's true. But what hasn't been taken is the table. And many people would argue that the table is more important than the temple when we're talking about the church. People gathered around a table who know each other's names, who consider one another on a regular basis. That that's the heart and that's the, as my wife would say, that's the marrow of life. That's the marrow of the church. So this, it's fun, I love it, but does it, do we have to have this to be the church in the world? No, we don't. We need to know and love one another as Christ loved us and we need to serve the world and love the world as Christ served and loved the world. That's kind of it. This, this is important, word and sacrament, yes, it's, yeah, but table, we still have. So who are the people that you've said, we're going to do this together, this is our crew, this is our tribe, you know, uh, this is our kind of like COVID friends, and we're going to tell each other the exposures we've had, and we're going to be honest about, oh, I, you know, we're going to try to be careful, but like, we're going to, we're going to take that risk together. And, and, and truth be told, friends, I recognize that this this lands differently depending on what stage of life you're in. And I can speak as a, a married and married person with kids in my house, and that means one thing for those of you who resonate with that stage of life. But there are many other stages of life that represent this community. But I have a sneaky suspicion that you're not the only person in whatever stage of life you're in. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. We're together in this. Which leads me to one last story. So early on in this, Um, One of our dearly beloved, Andrew Bittner, who is as faithful as the day is long. If you were here on almost day one at Awaken, you saw Andrew Bittner up in the balcony at the joke joint playing the piano and the guitar and any other instrument that Ben Rosenbush asked him to play. He's been here from almost the very beginning. And uh, he was telling Mel a story uh, this last week about early on in COVID, like he lives lives alone, um, single guy, and works from home, and so was just spending a lot of time by himself and realized, I think I need to reach out. And I think I need to, I, I need like connection with people. And so as Andrew tells the story and as Mel related to me, Mel got a text from Bittner, said, can we, 
can we connect? Like, can we get together for Zoom or something, anything? And that led to every Tuesday, Mel gathers the people that play in the band for lunch and they hang out together on Zoom. And I tell that story because it's a story of courage and a a story of vulnerability. And I think that if we're going to do this well, if we're going to live as a community of faith and if we're going to do relationship in this world that we live in, it will require, there's no way around it, it will require courageous acts of vulnerability where someone says, you know what, I'm not doing okay. Or I need, I need to connect with somebody or uh, help or I have more than enough. I have excess. Who, who can I share with? So live, serve, gather. These three rhythms, we want to center our life around them and we want to commit to as a church considering one another that we might foster an atmosphere and a place, a community where people are known and can, and, and can know others. Where we stand face to face or screen to screen or however long this, and we like lean into that and we consider, perceive, behold, and pursue one another because our life depends on it. And I think the health of the church depends on it. And so that's my invitation to you this week. What does it mean for you to lean into that, to consider, discover, perceive, behold those around you, those who are outside of the community of faith, family, friends, coworkers, to be that kind of presence in the world? So let me offer a word of prayer and we'll make our way to the table. God, this morning, as we take some time um, to begin to study this passage and what the author of Hebrews was intending when they said, consider one another. It's my hope and prayer that for those whom uh, community and relationship has been really hard in this last six months, God, I pray by your Holy Spirit in this moment, these next few moments, that they would know from the bottoms of their toes to the tips of their head that they are not alone. And I pray for courage. I pray for for acts of vulnerability where people reach out and do the dangerous thing of saying what their need might be. So in the next few moments of silence, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come alongside of us, that you would um, find us where we are, and that you would um, lead us to life. As we make our way to the table this morning, um, 
I'm reminded that this simple thing that we do every week is an act of remembrance to like remember and to be remembered. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you do this, whenever you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a cup and he blessed it. And he said, this this is a new deal, a new covenant, a new promise between God and humanity. And it's written in my blood. And so whenever you drink of this cup, do it in remembrance of me. Remember me and I will remember you. And as the church, you remember one another and the world. So this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith, you who have little faith, you who have been here often or have not been here for a long time or ever before, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. So come, not because I invite you or because the church invites you, but because the risen Christ, alive and well, invites you to come and be fed, to be known here at the table. So wherever you are, whoever you're with, I'd invite you to gather or to take the bread and to hear these words, the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same way, I invite you to take the cup and hear these words. The body of the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink. Yeah, as we close this morning and we're talking about relationships and friendship and intimacy and um, knowing and being known. Mel found this song deep in the, the annals of our planning center database. And it's actually a song that was played in this building, I think, if I'm not mistaken, on the first Easter ever in this building by our friend Carl Loudon. And it's a question. Um, will you come? And it's an honest question that I think a lot of us ask. Are we alone? Will you come? And I want to say that the story of the scriptures, the story of this table answers with a resounding yes. That God has spoken. Yes, I have come. I will come. I will come again. But like right here, right now, People all around us are asking that question. Will you come? Will you draw near? Will you, will you consider me? And may we be the kind of church that says with a resounding yes, with our whole bodies and our words and our actions. So receive this song this morning as a prayer, as a desperate cry, as an answer, all of these things. Come
come a day when all of us ask those kinds of questions and my hope and prayer is that one of the rhythms that we consistently feed energy into at Awaken are places uh, small groups of people within the church whether it's a life group or a spiritual direction group or a book study where you get to know the people that are around you when that question comes those gathered around you the answer is yes that we might live authentic Christian community out in such a way that to a world that's watching who's constantly being divided by words and ideologies that they would look to this and say what is that then when they come, we would say yes. And that we keep saying yes to the invitation to partner with God in the renewal of all things. Systems, hearts, families, structures, 
political situations. It's all on the table. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I think that's good news. And I think the world needs it. So I'm in. The question is, are you? I trust that many of you are. And it warms my heart. So to the church gathered called Awaken, may you know that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord lifts up his countenance to you. See, now when I I try it differently, I, I get all messed up. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you. Mel, help me out here. The Lord make his face. That's it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all the people said together, amen. Grace and peace, friends. See you next week. www.facebook.com backslash awakening community